1: everyone welcome back to author you your guide to book publishing and we're going to do a program we'll have you tickling your funny bone in fact we'll try to find your funny bone for you because with me we have a master of comedy how master is he well nathan lane calls him and jack black calls him and Oliver Platt wouldn't take him off his Rolodex. I mean, we're talking about really a master of Hollywood. So with us today is that we are really going to be deep diving into what is comedy? What is humor? And one of the great things about Steve Kaplan, who is also an author, so he gets what goes on in the writing. Just, he just doesn't work with uh, the stars in Hollywood. He's He's the author of The Hidden Tools of Comedy. And so I'm going to recommend you all uh, just go to Amazon and buy this baby. But he's he's delved into the sometimes elusive art of writing comedy. He, he's going to tell us the difference between what really is humor, what's comedy, how to write funny, which I think is really important for all of us. I don't care how dark your topic is. When you can twist it and tweak it with humor coming in, it makes all the difference in the world. And that he's going to, he, he is coming to actually Colorado. And uh, he will be here on March 4th and 5th. Um, and he is really going to be teaching the art of comedy writing, of how to really write funny on the 4th. And then on the 5th, if you ever dreamed and vision taking your work to the screen, whether it's the big or the little one, that we have a screen writing class for you. So all the information is on AuthorU.org. Under click under events and come and play. The space is very limited, so it's going to be a first come, first serve. And with that, Steve Kaplan, welcome to Author You, your guide to book publishing.
2: Well, I'm happy to be
1: here. All right. So let's just kind of jump into this, baby. Um okay. and- and what let me just ask you this that um there is a difference between comedy and humor is there is there not
2: well i i think i think there's a difference between comedy and funny i ah, i okay. Let's I, do I think uh, i think a lot funny. of people yeah i think a lot of people get that uh, get that confused uh, even even professional writers professional uh performers in hollywood get it confused they confuse uh laughter with with comedy if somebody's laughing it's funny and and it's true that you don't want to go to a comedy that's where nobody's laughing, but laughter in and of itself um isn't uh you know isn't necessarily uh what you're looking for in comedy um Let, let me explain for instance uh you know if you take a pair of keys um and you have a little baby and you shake the keys in front of the baby, the baby will laugh, right? Yes. So, so to the baby, that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. But is that comedy. I mean, would you, would you take out those pair of keys and go to Hollywood and you know, try to sell it for a million dollars to develop into a screenplay? So, so just because something uh, might make somebody laugh doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to a, uh, a good scene or a good script or, or a good novel. Uh, mm-hmm. What what comedy is is comedy is the art of telling the truth about being human. Um, it is what what makes us uh, tick. It what what makes us uh, get up in the morning and go to sleep at night. Uh, it what makes us crazy. Uh, it's what makes us human, and comedy is telling the truth about that. Um, uh, a lot of times people say, well, doesn't drama do that? And while it's true that you know, drama is uh, a wonderful art form, um, but drama uh, tells uh, a beautiful lie. Drama tells uh, uh, stories about uh, extraordinary people in extraordinary circumstances dealing with uh, unbelievable crises and conflicts and and that's wonderful drama helps us dream about what we could be but comedy helps us live with who we are
1: and and i guess and and what everybody has a different take on how they interpret it and they receive that in too and I, you know i think that we had a a movie uh, was it a year or two ago and it was it was a comedy it won best picture it was called birdman do you remember with
2: oh i love birdman
1: so we have Birdman. We had some people who loved a Birdman and some people went, Oh my God. I mean, I'm sure that you came across that. And it was it was a very yeah. unique movie. Very unique movie.
2: Well exactly. And uh, and it also kind of stretched the uh what what some people would think would be the definition of comedy, uh because yes. it wasn't full of uh, gags. Nobody slipped on a banana peel. Nobody got a pie in the face. But if you if you look at Birdman, it's it's this weird story about this guy who had some success as a superhero in a movie years ago, and now he's trying to figure out his life and 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 figure out his family and his daughter, and he's doing it by putting risking it all by putting on this very. Uh, Risky play based on an obscure short story writer on Broadway, uh, and that could be the uh, the basis of, of a great dramatic movie. But the way they handled it was they showed the the idiosyncrasies, they showed the absurdities, they showed uh, the the humiliation and the embarrassment that we go through. Uh, you know, the, the scene in which he gets he, he gets himself locked out of the theater. Uh, wearing only his underwear, and he's walking through Times Square in, in his underwear—that you wouldn't see that happening to Hamlet. So, so even though you might not, you might not think of it as a comedy in terms of, oh, I don't know, Saturday uh, Saturday Night Live or or uh, a Jerry Lewis movie. Uh, it it definitely is a comedy. And what what I love about comedies like that um, uh, is, is that. Uh, It combines not only the ability to laugh at ourselves, but the ability to reflect on who we are uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So it's kind uh, of like so. What you're saying is almost like sometimes we're holding the mirror up in front of us.
2: Yeah, and and it's uh, it's not a very attractive mirror. Uh, It shows us. It shows all our flaws, all all our foibles. uh, It shows all our lacks, but it doesn't. But, the, but the, the gift of comedy is that it, it, it doesn't leave us feeling terrible about ourselves. Uh, it kind of helps us accept who we are and, and, mm-hmm. and accept uh, where we are and, and how to move forward. Uh, so, the, the, you know, everybody, uh, everybody has their own subjective taste. I mean, one of the differences between funny and comedy is funny is what makes you laugh. It might not, it might not make me laugh. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why it's subjective. So Yeah, it is. Try to, so to try to write funny is, is to try to guess what other people find funny, and, and that's crazy because you, you'll you never be able to outguess uh, an, an audience that you've never met. Uh, but comedy is, is an art form. It, it's an aesthetic. It, it tells the truth. And while... You might find something funny. I don't find it funny. But if you tell the truth about what it's like to be, you know, kind of bumbling around uh, in this cold, dark universe as we're hurtling through the void and yet still trying to get up and find a good Starbucks, uh, that's, you know, that's what makes great comedy, um, uh, to tell the truth and to combine both the pain and the terror and the delights of being human.
1: Oh, I, I love that definition. So I, I think that's fabulous. So telling the truth, but combining it with the pain, and, and maybe the illusions also of just right. human life. Uh, of just to the to me, life. a
2: great comedy uh, is like, um, my fav- one of my favorite comedies, or maybe it's even my favorite comedy, is Groundhog Day. Uh, with uh, with Bill Murray because right. he's got a great comic premise. Um, a, a comic premise is is the beautiful big whopping lie uh, in, in the uh, at, at the start of your story or, or near the start of your story. Uh, it's something that could never happen or or probably or probably could never happen in impossibility or implausibility. But mm-hmm. if it does happen, it then leads to the question of, well, what happens next? So Groundhog Day has a great premise. Uh, The premise is this guy finds himself waking up and living the same day over and over again. Uh, And one of the things I love about Groundhog Day, which was directed by uh, Harold Ramis, uh, starring Bill Murray, is that it not only is funny, I mean, Bill Murray's a great, one of our great comic actors, but it also makes you think about well, what would you do if you had an eternity to live? How would you spend your life? What what would it be like? What would be the point? And, uh, and in the movie, he goes through the five stages of grief. Uh, right. He goes through denial, uh, anger, negotiation, uh, and depression. And there's a long sequence in the movie in which he's trying to kill himself. And half mm-hmm. the scenes are comic and half the scenes are tragic.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. and
2: that's what that's one of the things I love about the movie is that great comedies don't shy away from the pain of of, of being alive um mm-hmm. but on the other hand it great comedies also include uh the joy and silliness of being alive whereas if you look at dramas uh they uh, some dramas not you know there are some dramas that have great comic elements in them but but there are some dramas that are unrelentingly grim. Um, and and even though I, I understand and appreciate uh, those works of art, um, to me, that's not what life is like.
1: Life, no, it, life yeah. has
2: that combination.
1: Yeah, and I have to share that is not my cup of tea. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, I love to laugh till I'm incontinent. Of course, at my age, it's easier. But um, yeah, exactly. that... that I mean, I so I love that kind of comedy, but I also love, uh, I, I, I love real wonderful stories with subtle comedy humor woven through it, which brings the realism that b- b- brings the realism back to it. All right, we're we're getting, we're talking comedy, we're talking humor today. With we we have a master of Hollywood who's actually coming to Denver, Colorado, to teach the art, the skills. Of writing it for your work as well as developing and going into the big screen or little screen, whichever way you go. With me is Steve Kaplan. You're listening to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. I'm Judith Bryles. We'll be right back.
3: You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at authoru. And on Facebook at, Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author you, where the author goes to become seriously successful.
4: Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Sellinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces eBooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including... Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303 985 4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing.
3: the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978 458 2345 and ask for Tom Campbell.
0: Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book.
1: to uh comedy is really not although it is uh the a lot of people think it's it's the old uh you just you fall down laughing slapstick that kind of comedy and comedy is so much more that's really what you've opened the door to if i if i'm not correct steve is that correct you you
2: are always correct judah
1: oh well i don't know about that <laughs> now that's funny <laughs> That's funny but the the, um, the the really thing is comedy comes in all kinds of things and and I mean why do some of the most watched YouTubes are silly puppies doing goofy things or babies laughing and doing goofy things so people well, like well, that kind of comedy well or humor
2: you can you can certainly make anybody or many people laugh at, at watching a uh uh, a monkey in a suit riding on a cat—that's um, mm-hmm. that's for sure going to make some people laugh. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, you you could you could you watch two hours of that?
1: Oh my at, God, at no! Some
2: point, at some mm-hmm. point, you're going to go. Okay, I get it. It's a monkey. It's a cat, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's the point. Uh, there's you know, as as you increase the amount of time uh, that you have. A viewer watch something. You have to increase the amount of truth that's that's involved. So yes, uh, there are great shorts. Um, uh, The Three Stooges had some great shorts. Oh yeah, uh, four minutes, six minutes. Uh, Mm There, you know, you can you can usually categorize the populace by the people who love the Three Stooges and the people who don't love the Three Stooges, and and both camps. Are right. Both camps are correct. But mm-hmm. put the three Stooges in a, in a mm-hmm. seventy five minute movie, which they did. Mm-hmm. It's a little it's a little dicey. So so the point is is that you can make you can do anything silly for about a minute or two minutes or three minutes. Uh, but when you extend that, you've got to add truth. And when you when you're talking about adding truth, you're talking about characters. Because when it comes down to it. Comedy is character-centric. Drama can be about great ideals. It can be about great principles. But comedy is always about character. It's about people. So uh, if, you're, if you're doing a, uh, a two-hour movie, you've got to have characters that we care about uh, who, who actually create the, the narrative. Uh, as opposed to a, a situation in which you're having some uh, doofus uh, go through uh, a series of events in which terrible things happen to him, And mm-hmm. there are movies that are made like that. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but those are also the movies that I, I tire of very quickly. Uh, a better idea is, as they did in Groundhog Day, get a great idea, a great concept put captivating, interesting, or typical characters in that situation and see what they do. Once you've set up the initial premise, follow the characters. Let's let the characters tell the story as opposed to the other way around.
1: Well and, now, and the beauty yeah the beauty about Groundhog Day, because I'm a fan of that movie too. And that it and and dealing with the five stages of grief, which I thought was great. And finally, it, it evolves into the resolution of acceptance, letting go. And by God, he becomes right. a new person. And that and, and but and you did care about him. I mean, you actually cared. Is, is he ever going to come out of it? And he, he moves along and he putters around and oh, my God, he's hitting that bad damn alarm clock again the next morning right. you know and and so I I think it's a brilliant movie and when I think about uh I, I'm a fan of actually America's Got Talent and when I see some of those comedy acts not just the stand-up chatter chatter co- comedian type, but the animals which you brought up and, and I and always the question I have could I stand this for an hour show are you freaking kidding <laughs> it would be my response <laughs> No, it was cute for a minute. <laughs> right. So,
2: so, so, the, so the, the other misconception about comedy is that comedy is about jokes. And while the uh-huh. ability to write and craft a joke is very important, it's a very important skill, it's not the only skill. Um, and, and it's not even... I wouldn't think it's even the most important skill. Um, if you're a stand-up comic it's a pretty important skill. But if you're writing uh, a novel or, or a screenplay or a teleplay, uh, it's not the most important skill. The most important skill is always going to be character and story, character and story, and observation. The, the thing that, that defines comedy uh, and defines the comic and the comic writer is how clearly and closely they observe the world. That's why they're saying all these funny things, not because they're inventing stuff, but because they're observing the the inconsistencies, the absurdities, the incongruities, and they're simply re- reflecting them and 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 noticing them and and bringing them up. Um, now, no, now, normally, uh, what you'll do is once you write once you write something, you then will polish and revise and edit and sharpen so that uh, a line that might not make anybody laugh, once you take out all the, uh, the uh, articles and the unnecessary words, you'll sharpen it into a sharp comic line. But more important than that is the character and the situation uh, and how they're relating and how they're dealing and, and, and what they're... What they're observing and how they observe it, so that's those are more important skills than than writing jokes all right so in, let's, in fact, let's if you yeah go ahead if if you think about uh, a, a great um, great sitcoms, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. classic ones like Seinfeld or Everybody loves Raymond, and more current ones like uh, Silicon Valley and, mm-hmm. and veep uh, if you watch those. And and then watch something from TV Land or Nick at Night right next to it. What you'll notice is they're not joke dependent. They're not they're not uh, creating
1: no yeah that are That's then right. knocked
2: down by punchlines. They are all character based. And even though what the characters say make you laugh, they're not jokes. They're exp- they're expressions of the characters that reveal those characters as they're struggling with that situation. As opposed to, I'm gonna now I'm gonna write something funny for this character to say. It's actually this character trying desperately not to say something funny, but but they say, but what comes out of their mouth uh, makes you laugh because you're you in the audience are able to notice the you know the the incongruity and the absurdity and 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 how poorly that character is dealing with that situation which makes you think of yourself and makes you think of how poorly you deal with your situations and actually gives you a little bit of relief that, oh, well, I guess we're all in that same boat.
1: So if, if you were, let me ask you this question. If you were going to recommend um, for someone just thinking, well, maybe I need to start integrating some comedy and humor into my writing, that would you give me some steps that what they should do? Should they be watching Certain movies like Groundhog Day and studying it. Should they be watching maybe certain television shows? Like I, I actually watch Veep with Julia <laughs> louis Dreyfus and, and I should tell everyone I'm I'm a fan of it and it does move it forward. And I will tell you, uh, you know, here's the asterisk, she's patty mouth. So if, if that's a problem yeah, for you, exactly. potty mouth, you're gonna have a problem with it. But I mean she is Selma is off the wall. Um, and in her in her uh, exploits as she goes through her daily things with her her, her oddball staff, to say the least. Um, and 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 I have to tell you, Steve, I can't even imagine a staff like that being around. That I mean, I can't. They're really hired. They really do what they do. <laughs> These yeah. crazy people. But you know, anything's possible in today's politics. I guess. Um, that that are there certain shows that you would recommend? Um, to start with baby steps, did you really, and then, and what did they look for um, when they're chewing over some of this?
2: Well, uh, it, it depends if they're, if they're writing, um, if they're writing novels, uh, as opposed to uh, writing for performance, I, I would suggest they read humorists. Um, it, wh- whether, whether you're writing for prose or writing uh, dramatic narrative. What you The first thing you want to do is you want to just watch and read for pleasure. See what you like. I mean, it's not like, well, I have to read, uh, you know, the uh, House of the Seven Gables. I have to read uh, Antigone. Uh, I You know, I have to eat my vegetables. No, I mean, first find out what you like. And then after you read it or watch it for pleasure, read it and watch it again for understanding so that, uh, the the best screenwriters read screenplays uh, and they watch mm-hmm. movies and then you, what you want to do is you want to first of all see what you like and then go back and see, well, how did they do that? You know, what, what did they do that made me laugh and start to analyze it and start to start to break it down? Well, I see um, uh, what, I, I see how they handled that situation. I see and if you're reading uh, a comic novel, say, um, mm-hmm. oh, I see how they took this situation, which in my novel uh, kind of comes out dry and, and, and a little uh, flat, and I see what they did. They, uh, they, they went into their own warped, <laughs> skewed, cracked vision of the world, and they shared that vision with us. And, and uh, I think... So the first thing is you want to read and watch things that, that make you laugh, that you, that you like, and then try to see what they're doing. And then the next thing is you want to share who you are and what your own thoughts are. Um, a, a, lot of people, a lot of times when people start writing, um, they try to be funnier than they are. They try to, be, they try to write a lot of jokes uh, or they they write in a way as to protect themselves. Oh, I don't want to say I want to write something like that. That'll make me look stupid. And the whole point of comedy, the whole point of writing comedy, is to share all those weird ideas you have um, and stop editing yourself. Get it oh, out. And, and that's one down. of the
1: kiss of death. Yeah, that's the kiss of death. You you over edit, and and instead of letting the juices flow and let the whole idea right. I mean, come out. Write,
2: write it out and then, uh, and then figure out a way to share it. Because, because you, I guess you could write a tragedy in your garret by yourself uh, and emerge two years later and it's a, it's a masterpiece. But comedy requires human beings. So whether you're writing prose or you're writing a script – You've got to share it. You've got to put it out into the world. I, I always encourage people, uh, if they can, to be part of a writing group so they can bring, their, bring their, uh, their pages to a group like every week or every other week or once a month and mm-hmm. have, the, have the pages read out loud. And this is the hardest part. The hardest part is to separate your own ego from the, from the result. Okay, Everybody so let's hold
1: let's hold it on this and we'll come back and dive into the ego and how it can get you in trouble. It's Author You, Your okay. Guide to Book Publishing. We're talking about comedy writing and how to really spruce up who and what you are in your written words. This is Judith Brails. It's Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. With me is Steve Kaplan, the master of Hollywood comedy.
0: This is your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, with your host Dr. Judith Bryles, and we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
2: Since 1987, ColorHouse Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on ColorHouse to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing, Judith Bryles, we will provide you with a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com.
5: Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks built by independent publishers for independent
1: publishers. Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential, color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand,
5: global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com.
0: Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.
1: All right, so we took that breath as Steve was really getting into um, the the nuances of really letting it flow, I think. It's really meaty stuff. And sometimes the ego can be the kiss of death um, in really getting fun, um, real life, uh it, Scenes on the paper. Want to expand on that, Steve?
2: Well, uh, the 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 problem with uh, the the writing ego uh, is is that is that you want it to be great, and when you let's say you do a a reading, um, either a script reading uh, with just you have a couple of people over. Uh, you're serving wine and cheese, and if you're doing a comedy, I suggest you go heavy on the wine. Um, you uh, you give pages to some friends. Uh, you say, okay, let's read this. And you read it, and it's not going as well as you want it to. And the uh, the ego uh, starts to make excuses. Well, it's hot in here. The cheese wasn't that good. Uh, this person um, ha- you know, has a stutter. They're ruining everything. Uh, you, start to, you start to rationalize what's happening. And my experience says that comedy needs to be shared out loud uh, in front, uh, especially performance comedy, narrative comedy, scripts, needs mm-hmm. to be shared out loud in front of human beings, even prose. When you read prose uh, you, uh, in, in a writing group, uh, you still it still needs to be shared uh, in, in some kind of communal f- format. And uh, if, it's, if something's alive on the page, it will come through. You have to trust that. And on the other hand, if something's not living on the page, you have to accept that. And what that means is that you want to record everything uh, at one of these sessions because... At a certain point, if things are not going well, you actually will stop paying attention. Um, you know, the, the, the people people literally go into comas, uh, and they don't know what happened when they when they wake up. Uh, and uh, and you want to be able to, uh, especially you know, for script readings, you want to be able to find out to really get what was happening in that moment. Uh, was there you know was there a lot of shots? You know, could you hear on the on the digital recorder, a lot of people shuffling in their seats, or some coughing. Uh, you can hear when people are engaged, uh, and uh, and I, I find it I find it valuable uh, to be able to share uh, a piece of comic writing with a, other group of people. Uh, but you have to you have to detach your ego from it so that you're not making excuses for what might not be working.
1: Well, are, are you sharing it with people who are uh, like people, comedy readers, comedy writers, or just uh, just a regular uh, across the board type? My,
2: my experience sh- shows that uh, you don't need to have professional actors or professional readers read, read your stuff out loud. All you need are smart intelligent people, the people in your writing group. Uh, and just uh, you know if it's if it's a script, just give us kind of sign parts. you read this part, you read that part if it's if it's prose, if it's a chapter, uh, just pass the chapter around. maybe you'll read it maybe you'll have somebody else read it so you can listen to it uh, and uh, and just trust that intelligent people will give you kind of a um, a cat scan of what 's going on i mean when, when when Hollywood films are doing previews they 're not hiring the most intelligent doctoral students from the local university to sit in the audience they 're just giving tickets away, just uh-huh. people and and the the smartest filmmakers uh, don 't pay any attention to the uh, to the written comments uh, to uh, the, the forms that they pass out and, and because that, that stuff is, is not very useful. Neil Gaiman once said that 95% of all reactions uh, you get uh, on a piece are correct whereas 95% of all suggestions you get on how to improve the piece are incorrect. So uh, uh, filmmakers like the Farrelly brothers uh, like uh, Judd Apatow and the people he works with they, what they do is they listen to audiences, and if audiences are bored, they'll take a look at their film and they'll go, you know, uh, hmm, let's, let's do something. And if audiences are, are engaged, they won't say, well, we can make that better. No, you know, they, uh, we have something there. There's, there's a, a, a famous story of uh, when the Farrelly brothers were doing Dumb and Dumber. Uh, they were they were screening it for a preview audience, and the audience was going crazy. They were hysterically laughing. And then there's this scene in which uh, the idiots are having a snowball fight, and one of them throws a snowball, but that's really a block of ice at Lauren Holly, and it hits her, and she drops out of frame. And she, when she popped up back into frame, she had kind of a little a trickle of blood uh, coming down her face Uh, and the audience stopped laughing and they, they lost him for like 20 minutes, a half hour. And they realized that the audience did not like Lauren Holly, who was an innocent being hurt, uh, even, even in a quote unquote funny scene. So they rather than saying, well, that audience, they're stupid. Why? You know, they don't know what they're talking about. We know comedy. We're the, we're the geniuses. Uh, no, they, what they did was they, they accepted the fact, you know, we did something there that lost the audience, and we don't want to lose them at that point. Um, it's not a dramatic moment. So they reshot the scene so that the the one of the idiots in Dumb and Dumber throws this block of uh, this you know mound of ice at Lord Holly. She gets knocked out. She falls out of frame. When she pops back into frame, she's kind of dizzy and woozy, no blood and they and they found at the next preview uh, they uh, the audience stayed with them they didn't lose the audience so so uh-huh. you have to you have to accept accept the results you're getting as opposed to arguing with the no you're on you're misunderstanding it um, yeah. uh, uh, a, a lot of people when they are in writing group and share chapters uh, they make the mistake of of debating the people who are giving them notes as opposed to trying to understand the notes and, and figure out how to incorporate them. Now, again, I'll, re- I'll, I'll repeat this. When okay, somebody says, you know, this isn't working for me, you have to accept that. But when they say what would make it better would be if you made the daughter a, you know, a, a transvestite, that's the stuff you want to discount. Discount all the suggestions on how to improve it, but accept the fact that somebody is having a problem with it. Somebody isn't going with it. That, that human being isn't receptive to it. So, so rather than blaming the human being, take responsibility. What can I do in this chapter that might solve the problem? I don't know what, I don't know what the solution is. They haven't told me what the solution is, but there's a problem, and it's up to me. It's incumbent upon me to investigate it and see what the problem is and how I can solve it.
4: You
1: know, Steve, I used to do uh, movie reviews um, a few years ago. I mean, several years ago, but I used to, you know, do overwhelming with lots of movie reviews. And one of the things that I did when I had kids, I mean, there are certain movies that I didn't review because I just didn't like, you know, I I don't like horror movies. It's not my cup of tea. But I know, hate horror movies. <laughs> and and so but well, there I was, don't I do. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I
2: just I just hate horror. I hate the movie in which somebody's going to jump out of a corner and stick a a, a knife in somebody's eye. I, I don't yeah. want to watch that.
1: Yeah, so I I never did those kind of reviews, but what I did do was if I you know I, you know I like kids' movies, and I always insisted on going to do the review when the audience was packed with kids oh, uh, only with kids and their parents you know certainly would be along, but I wanted to hear the kids and and their their responses and it was it was much better in what we were doing and and the results. Because I could see that was their audience. And so the kids were laughing or they were going, oh, or whatever it was, what the intent, what the scene was, I knew that the filmmaker got it. And I could write my right. review around that.
2: Right. Yeah, if you, uh, exactly. Because kids aren't trying to impress anybody. They're not, trying to, they're not looking over their shoulder to say, well, gee, uh, maybe I shouldn't be laughing. Maybe these, these other people don't find it funny the way adults do. Uh, kids will give you a um, a true reading, a true CAT scan of, of what's going on, especially if it's a kids' movie. If you're if you're showing them Sophie's Choice, however, they <laughs> they might be sitting there kind of befuddled. But um, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree.
1: Let's let's I unplugged everything, and I'll just go on the laptop. Um, let's let's really talk about that. Dig in. Um, and, and what we're going to be doing, because we have two remarkable days set up for March. So let's talk about day one.
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. In day one, we're going to be talking to people about putting humor in their books, uh, in, their, in their novels. So we're, we're talking and working with uh, prose writers, and we're going to be talking about what are the five best ways to incorporate humor into your writing, if if you're writing something that isn't meant to be a comic novel, uh, what are the five what are what are the five best ways to incorporate humor to uh, to make your story more relatable, uh, more accessible? And if you're writing a comic novel, what are the five things to avoid? To uh, uh, in in what are the five mistakes that you're going to that you might make or or some writers might make? that you want to avoid in writing a comic novel. Uh, So we'll be uh, talking about uh, what comedy is, how it works, why it works, what's going on when it's not working, and what you can do to fix it. We'll be looking at uh, examples of um, comic prose, uh, and then we'll be doing a couple of writing exercises on our own to see uh, how our funny bones are uh, are being developed. And on the second day, uh, the second day is devoted to uh, screenplays. And what we're going to be doing is, we'll also we'll still be talking about comedy, but we'll be watching uh, a number of clips from uh, successful comedy movies and and uh, sitcoms, and uh, a couple of not successful comedy movies and sitcoms. And we'll be trying to figure out, uh, especially in the not successful uh, comedy features, what's happening, what's Why is it not working? What could they have done to make it work? And how can we apply that then to our own writing? Uh, Both days uh, should be uh, full of uh, laughter, um, writing exercises, uh, and uh, both days you'll leave with usable practical tools that you can use in your writing uh, on Monday.
1: Excellent. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna take our final break here. We'll be back with Steve Kaplan, and we'll talk about some other tidbits and tips. To if you can't make it to Denver, which I sure would love to have you do it, and you know we're gonna video it so you could always get it videotape. Or if you're in the Los Angeles area, where Steve hangs his hat, he actually does his comedy intensives, and you can you know go there as well. So we'll be right back. It's author you, your guide to book publishing.
3: By the way, Briles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd.
0: If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Briles. All right, so we have about 12 minutes to do some
1: kind of Tidbits and wrappings-ups, that w- what we're going to be doing. Steve has just Steve Kaplan, who is a master of comedy. He works with Nathan Lane, um, who I really enjoy. I love the subtlety and the humor, uh, the facial expressions. And, and Steve, do you talk about when you're doing presentations, will you be getting into any kind of presentations of how to, how to incorporate that? Because I'm a big believer that all authors should learn how to speak about their work.
2: Well, one of the things that we do talk about is we talk about the fact that writers, even if they have no performance uh, ambitions, all huh? writers should take improv classes. Uh, huh? Especially for comedy. Yes, all writers. Judith, you are going to take an improv class starting tomorrow. It will help you. Um, but uh, all writers should, uh, all writers, especially comedy writers, should take an improv class. And why? Because comedy writers are are dealing with character. And uh, the best way to, to understand character is to be a character. And that's what an improv class does. An improv class has you see through the eyes of another character, speak through the mouth of another character. And the the more that you can figure out how to do that, the more that you can then do that in your writing. When you're If, if you're writing prose or if you're writing scripts, you're... You're expressing the character. You're seeing the world through the eyes of the character, um, and so it's important to be able to experience that. And an improv class is also a way of kind of energizing the uh, the comic brain, energizing the the uh, the imagination on what is possible uh, and what are um, what are they possibilities that you might not see at first glance. I mean one of the uh, one of the basic improv uh, games is transformation. Uh, for instance uh, somebody will bring a broom you know, Will, will uh, have a broom uh, and give a broom to somebody and say you, you need to do a one minute silent scene using this broom as anything other than a broom. And and then they'll and then pass it around. And so somebody will make it a gun and somebody will make it a huge toothpick and somebody will make it a back, a, a back scratcher. So it's about seeing the possibility of things and the, uh, the use of objects as something other than what they are. And that, that trains you to see what reality is beyond what you, your surface opinion of it is, what your first glance of it is. And if you look at comics, comic performers, comic writing, comic films, that's what comedians are doing. You're walking into a room, and they're noticing what the room looks like, uh, which, are, which are all similes and metaphors. This is like a dungeon. This is like, boy, this is, this is like a, you know, a bordello. And, and when they mention that, when a stand-up mentions that, or when a character in a movie reflects on what's really going on, audiences laugh because they can see the ability to see both the surface reality and then the metaphorical relationship beneath that reality. Um, and that's, that's what a large part of of comic uh, dialogue is it's just characters just noticing stuff and remarking on it.
1: Well, you know, I'm Whatever. actually I, I I am going to I, I wrote I wrote it down, Steve. Sign up for an improv class. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and try to get it in before you come. How's that sound? <laughs>
2: Well, that sounds good. I mean, in 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 the uh, workshops that we do in Los Angeles and in Denver, uh, Los Angeles, we're going to be uh, the end of January, the twenty eighth and twenty ninth. We're mm-hmm. Denver, the first weekend, the fourth and fifth. I'm in mm-hmm. Chicago at Second City on March eleventh, uh, and uh, at the end of March, I'm in Tel Aviv. Uh, and all this infor- Yeah, yeah, and all this information is is on our website, which is KaplanComedy.com, K-A-P-L-A-N, C-O-M-E-D-Y.com. K-A-P-L-A-N-C-O-M-E-D-Y.com. Uh, at the end of April, we're in London. Last weekend in uh, in April, and the first weekend in May, we're in Munich. So, uh, what we do is we don't only watch clips or, or read uh, read uh, samples from chapters. We uh, that's for the uh, the prose, uh Session on the novel Writer session on March 4th in Denver But we also uh, do exercises And we, uh, uh, we Incorporate uh, What might be some Comedy acting exercises During the day So, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun it's, it's a way of looking at comedy And comedy writing and comedy performance From a number of different angles All of which should help All of which should and do help in writing comedy,
1: and which yeah, and all of those are essential. I think the being experienced. I mean, I, I think the best is for for all our listeners, if you can if you can come uh, wherever Steve is, that's what you want to do. And we just we have him for a weekend here in Denver with a split area of how to incorporate it in your writing, um, whether it's a novel, whether it's even children's. I mean, there's there's you know, kids have wonderful sense of humors and um, that you can, you can do things there. But also, just if you're really thinking about, because I, I have so many authors who I've worked with who I've really felt, you know, this could be a movie. This should be on Hallmark. This should, you know, you start thinking, mm, this is perfect for, you know, a, A&E and those kind of things. And they don't know what to do next or how to go about doing it in the steps. So this is the way to do it. Do um, you get a good bird's eye view? Uh, the cost is nominal right now. We're at our early bird pricing. So go to AuthorU.org, click on the events tab and come and play with us. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful event. All right, yeah, it'll so,
2: be fun. I've been, I've been promised that March, the first week in March in Denver yeah. is always yeah. beautiful spring. It'll be 85 oh. degrees. That's what I've been oh. promised. <laughs> yeah. Is that it, is that not true? And, <laughs> there's not gonna be any snow, is there?
1: No. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I hate to tell you, March and April are our snow months. But but you know, we've had uh, awesome blizzards and we've had awesome days. So you never okay. know. You ne- you never know, but whatever it is, we have a we have a phenomenal facility. Uh the food will be great. It'll be cozy and warm inside, so we'll be good. We'll be good. All right, right so See, we've got a few minutes that we can come in. Um, just actually, like two, so that any other any other tidbits we want to leave them with, um, if, if for those who can't come. But what tidbits? Um, maybe let's just is what are the what are the top three mistakes that you see? Uh, well,
2: I, I think we've two talked minutes. about them. I think the first mistake is is writing too many jokes. Yeah. Um, the second mistake is doing something funny. That undercuts the believability of the character You can have your characters do funny things But it's got to be in character You can't just have your character do whatever Wouldn't it be funny if um, It has to come uh, Whatever happens has to come out of character Which means That you have to start to pay attention To character Now we talked about those crazy The crazy staff And um, uh, Veep Yeah. You have the the uh, you know, the the hard charging uh, chief of staff and you have the kind of the morose uh, uh, director of communications. And you have the idiot who who's the liaison from the uh, from the White House. And if you think about it, if you think about it, it's the cast of Seinfeld. It's it is uh, Elaine um, as the hard charging uh, girl, you know, friend female friend of Jerry, you have uh, the morose uh, Jason Alexander as George you have the crazy Kramer and what you you want to start to do is you want to start to see these characters, even though they have different names and they look different, they're kind of similar that each of these sitcoms and, and movies contain similar similar troops similar combinations of characters Not stereotypes, but archetypes: the trickster, the the loser, the the uh, the depressive, the uh, insane, the insane jester. And you see these characters occur and reoccur and reoccur. And so, if you start to become aware of that, you can then make sure that when you're writing your script, your novel, that you are using, utilizing these comic archetypes.
1: For yourself right and and that's it and and there so now so i guess the other third one would be you gotta study what's out there and i love your right. idea to take an improv class so you can get yourself into that field you need to really pay attention i, I would have everyone go watch groundhog day and analyze right. enjoy it and analyze it, chew over it, see what works. And I always tell that to my authors when they're reading a book, one of my favorite books was Sea Biscuit by Lauren Hildebrand. And I, there were some of the lines in there that were so wonderful that I actually called a friend. I said, can I read a paragraph to you? I mean, that's, you know, that's when things work. When things work, right. study them, take advantage of it and learn from them. And that's how you morph and become a better writer, a better performer, a better presenter, ta-da. <laughs> With that, all right, Steve Kaplan. We look forward to seeing you in March. I look forward cool to being there. Yeah, rain, snow, or sun, we'll see you.
2: Okay. All
1: right. That's all right, great. everyone. Great, wonderful. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. You want to learn more about Steve Kaplan? Go to kaplancomedy.com dot com, and you'll learn a lot about him. I would recommend you get his book. You can order it on Amazon. Um, and the, tools it, of comedy. The, the Hidden Tools of Comedy. It's got a giant banana on the front. You cannot miss it. And with right. that, we'll see you next week. Keep writing. Keep publishing. 2017 is going to be a great year. I'm Judith Briles.
0: Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Briles. Each week, a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you, the author, to the next level. You'll learn tips and secrets on how to create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey. How to avoid the publishing predators. How to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Riles. Brought to you by AuthorU and The Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific,